I need louder on the music. Yeah, 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 that's good. Here we go. Welcome to Galaxy Brains, the weekly podcast from Galaxy Research. Yo, my team is fit. Put us on the starship. 33 jets, you ain't hurting me yet. And I'm cutting up the beat like a scarred it. Let me start it. Getting perky on the mic. If you turkeys want to fright, rap is turnkey when I write. Never murky, but I'm quirky when I'm dirty and I'm flying like a kite. I'd be lying if I told you I'm not ready for a fight. Right, gas. I got a tank for more. And I hope that everybody knows I'm thankful for. On a mission with the vision can be painful though. But Bitcoin is efficient, yo, it can be gainful. So see me stacking them like blocks. Pull the yacht into the dock dropping coins and cold cards and i'm counting them like clocks dousing me i'm hot yo i'm burning like a battery and happy thanksgiving for my people at the galaxy as always i'm your host alex thorne head of firmwide research at galaxy digital thank you for listening to galaxy brains happy thanksgiving to all of my listeners we are so thankful for you and thank you for listening Bimnet Abibi from Galaxy Trading. He is our guest this week. We're going to talk at length just with Bimnet. It's not just a macro and markets conversation. We're going to cover a range of topics with him. Before we get to that, I need to remind you to please refer to the link to the disclaimer in the podcast notes. And note that none of the information in this podcast constitutes investment advice or an offer recommendation or solicitation by Galaxy Digital or any of its affiliates to buy or sell any securities. Phineas, it is Thanksgiving today. The day, well, actually, we're recording on Tuesday, but the day that you hear this, if you listen on audio, is Thursday, Thanksgiving 2023 in the United States. Again, thank you for all of our listeners. We are so thankful for you. Phineas, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You know, I am spending it with family. We will be getting in the car and driving to an undisclosed location to Love spend that. it with family, turkey, stuffing. The whole thing? I am a stuffing guy. That's uh, your favorite. I am not a mashed potatoes guy. Um, <laughs> I'm also a dark meat guy. Oh, and I me love too, cranberry. Yeah, you like the cranberry in the can, or like some kind of awesome homemade one. Cranberry in a can. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're doing the same traditional getting together with family. I hope everyone who's listening now is having a great Thanksgiving uh, with your family or your friends or your loved ones. Um, again, we're so thankful for our listeners. We're happy to bring you Galaxy Brains every week. And um, you know what? Let's just get right into it with Bimnet. This is a special episode. He's we've got no guest. Bimnet is our guest. I think you'll enjoy it. Let's go now to our friend Bimnet Abibi from Galaxy Trading. As always, Bimnet, welcome to Galaxy Brains. Thanks for having me. It's been an exciting week. Um, before we get into some topics, and by the way, we have no other guests this week, so we're going to go a little longer with Bimnet than usual as a Thanksgiving Day special. Before we get into some of the other topics we're going to talk about, what's been going on in macro uh, since last week? Anything notable to talk about? The main thing that I've been kind of focusing on is kind of the weakness in the dollar, right? Structurally, we've been in a, a dollar bull market basically since the, the Fed started raising rates. Uh, but now that they've kind of signaled that they are most likely done with hiking, we've seen a major reversal in the dollar. Um, you know, the two big ones uh, that I've been paying attention to has been, you know, dollar China. Uh, that's come off a lot. Um, and dollar yen. Uh, obviously, we were talking about, you know, currency intervention a couple weeks ago. And, you know, is the Japanese 
are they going to move aggressively off yield curve control or, or not? Uh, but long story short, you've seen an aggressive move in the dollar. Dollar yen's gone from 151 and change to 147 and change, and that's a big move in, in G10 FX. That's a lot. And it signals that you know the market does believe that the Fed's likely done. Um, you've also seen decent moves in, in G10 FX and you know things like table and, and euro um, off the lows. And I think. Uh, when you pair that with the with the kind of market reaction you've had recently in, in the rate market, I think it's appropriately you know justified. Twos have been consistently below five percent, and you've seen you know the back end take out significant technical levels. So you know four fifty was a big technical level on tens. You're trading at four forty one now. Um, and so the pressure of, of the back-end supply and, you know, back-end bonds breaking has has abated a bit uh, as well. And so what you've seen is a turn in the dollar and a turn in rates, and that's been a function of a turn in, in, in Fed signaling and a turn in, in the data um, that, that, that we've seen. Um, and I think given the current levels, I, I think market pricing is, is kind of fair. Uh, but you've got over 100 basis points of cuts priced in over the next, you know, 12 months or yep, so. Yep. Um, and that's a lot. But in terms of of what we're seeing in the data right now and what we're likely going to see in the data going forward, um, I think that market reaction is is probably appropriate. So it's just an ongoing story, too, and nothing – I wouldn't say – this sounds similar to what you've been saying. So we're not – whereas we sort of – that structural shift – we've talked about um, really happened a couple weeks ago. Correct. Yeah. Um, what about cryptocurrency markets? I mean, we've been, I mean, I think here we are basically 37K at Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, I mean, a rising channel clearly, like higher lows, but but not breaking out at, since our since we did break out. Yeah. Um, altcoins, what, rotated a bit, but now also cooling off. Absolutely. Like. Uh, yeah, so I, I think in crypto, the, the, the bull trend is still in place, as you've said, higher and higher lows like moving average support holding um and you you're setting marginally higher highs high level you know i love bitcoin i think it's going higher it's going to go trade at new all-time highs eventually um but the 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 indicators that i look for um in a market being stretched um are are definitely being you know yeah. ticked off right like oversold i'm sorry overbought on you know a lot of technical indicators you know, funding having gotten elevated, vol having gotten elevated, spot being at local highs, meme tokens pumping like like crazy, and, sure. and alt pumping like like crazy, uh, and so you know those check boxes for a, tra a trade being stretched have been hit. Yeah. Right. And so I think you know what you're really seeing now in, in crypto is really just still a lack of sellers. Yeah. Right. If you really believe in the Bitcoin story, if you really think we're going to add billions of dollars in AUM to these new ETF products eventually, um, and that, you know, the halving is going to create a huge supply shock, you, there's no reason to really get out at 37,000. And if you just think about the perspective of most investors, right, Everybody that's been involved in crypto is averaged in over time. You know, some people bought, you know, at 10,000, at 20, at 30, 40, 50, 60, et cetera. A lot of people have blended averages that are around here. And so, like, what, why are you really going to sell going into a, a big catalyst event? And also, if you believe that central banks are turning, which they are, right? Like Europe is continuing to have like weak data. China's having weak data. U.S. is likely stopped hiking, 
right? And so, like, there's a, a turn happening, you know, with central bankers. And typically, when central bankers turn, that's your signal to buy risk assets. You know, largely speaking, like, asset prices, you know, I'm not saying everything's a Ponzi, but there's a lot of, let's say, froth in the market, right? And the question is, like, with the Fed, are they trying to get rid of that froth or are they okay with the current level of froth and the conditions? And, right, they told you they're okay with the, that level of froth. Right, because they're really so, focused on employment and, mm -hmm. on, and on inflation. Yeah, right? but here's the thing. They're, they're traders as much as anyone else. They get a negative payrolls print, right? People start losing jobs, and the headlines start to be about, oh, people are losing jobs. They're struggling. Oh, there's there's more job losses ahead. Housing market starts to crack a then little the, bit. Then they start They to will be so quick to flinch that people will have no idea what hit them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, they are supposed to be independent and, you know, uh, supposed to engage in monetary policy in a way that's not short-term thinking but long-term. Cold and academic. And academic. Right? But, but when people. people start losing jobs, it's a big deal. Yeah. And that's, you know, when they hear it from every single person and that's what hits home the most. Yeah. And, and the other thing to keep in mind is that recovery um, in the economy um, and and just the way the U.S. is structured right now, it's, it's a tale of two cities, right? The lower income brackets, you've already started to see such a material downturn in some of the important metrics that, that you think about, right? The credit card delinquencies for, for folks, the auto delinquencies, the portion of money they have to spend on rents. And God forbid you throw in a weak labor market on top of that and people start getting laid off aggressively, like, there's going to be a ton of folks that are just so uncomfortable. And, you know, is it the Fed's mandate to to really think about, you know, that lower income stuff? Like, they've told you yes before, right? They did a major shift in their economic policy a couple years ago where they're like, oh, we want the recovery to be broad-based. We want to look at measures like Hispanic unemployment, African unemployment, African-American unemployment. Like, all of these things. So they've made they, they have a history of, of, of having a qualitative approach yep. as well as a, a quantitative approach to, you know, engaging in monetary policy. So when you start to see layoffs, aggressive ones, uh, and not labor unions getting 40% raises, I think the turn is going to be much more dramatic than, than people anticipate. Uh, and so long story short, like cutting rates, and the Treasury being less aggressive with back-end supply and inflation that's not ripping higher is, is going to be constructive for risk assets. Yeah. And basically, like, it's just, you know, and then you throw in the fiscal dominance side. There's going to be lots of reasons why, you know, you'd, you'd want to own Bitcoin. Yep, <laughs> yep understood. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's this asset is just it's set up so well to, to move higher, especially once an, an ETF launches and you get the Fed turn at some point next year in a much more aggressive way. Things like gold will rip, silver will rip, like dollars will sell stuff, off more, yeah. hard assets will go bid at some point. And so I, I just, you know, I remain constructive on this market, but short-term cautious because yeah. of just how quickly we've come up and some of the indicators that are flashing yellow right now. Okay, let's talk about a couple other things. This Absolutely. Is uh, so um, Argentina yes. just elected a self-described anarcho-capitalist, Javier Millet, if I hope I'm pronouncing that right, mm -hmm. um, as president. And he I won wish he got a better haircut. <laughs> he won resoundingly. I think the final numbers I saw maybe were 59-41. Uh, 
which is a dramatic. I mean, in, you know, in Democratic elections, that's a, pretty much a landslide. Yeah. Um, so he has a mandate now, too, and he's he has joked or said, I mean, said humorously, I don't know if he's joking about cutting, like, every department of the federal government there. Um, he has his main, I would say, for international markets, his main proposed policy is to dollarize the economy. He uh, he 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 did an advertisement where he smashed an effigy of the Argentinian Argentinian Central Bank with Thor's hammer. He uh, has wielded a chainsaw in public. The obvious idea being that he's going to chop down all this fiscal excess. And he has spoken positively about Bitcoin, although I'll caution he's not like literally calling to Bitcoin eyes the economy, say like Nayib Bukele and El Salvador. This is the 23rd largest GDP in the world, Argentina. It's one of the top, I would say, I, th I believe it's the third largest Latin American economy behind Brazil yeah, and Mexico. Yeah, they got like almost 50 million people as well. Yeah, yeah, and so I don't know what any take on this or does the, you know, or, or how how are markets reacting or anything like that in your mind? I mean, it's a big economy. It's a, well, the it's a notable Well, the currency has continued to depreciate. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think last I checked, Argentine pesos, like 355, maybe maybe a bit higher. Yeah. Uh, so 355 pesos to buy one American dollar? Correct. It's a, it was, a lot of paper. It was, it was 40 five years ago. Wow. And the rate of inflation on goods is like north, well, this year I think is north of 100, but historically it's like north of 50%. Yeah. You're, imagine you, you buy this can of soda today with $10, like, you know, it's going to cost you $20, like, tomorrow. Like, the rate of inflation is so high that it's going to be a different price next week. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Very and hard like, to run a business or anything Anything, like that. anything. And so, you know, dollarization does make sense. Uh, it's already a very dollar-based economy in terms in of the black, like, market, in the black stuff, market. But yeah, it's very active. Right. And, and so, and, you know, Peter McCormack uh, from what Bitcoin did, he did a podcast uh, documentary, or actually a mm -hmm. documentary series recently, and he he found many people using Tether. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is which is dollars, you know. Yeah. In the. Um, and I, I and I think if, if yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head. Uh, like dollarization does mean adoption of of stables. Yeah, right, and that's does. the easiest and fastest way to trade dollars around. And as, you know, yeah, there's been um, pretty wide. I actually myself, I know several, I've, and I have several good friends who are um, Argentinian Bitcoiners, um, and the, you know, makes uh, sense. I mean, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, in fact, there there are quite quite a yeah. number, and and I think by my, I checked, and there's been nine. The country has defaulted nine times in the last hundred years. Yeah. So clearly, I think attempting a different policy. Is, yeah, makes sense. Um, but but this know, is where yeah. a lot of EM is headed. Like Argentina is in the headlines now. They got a lot of people and it's a much more advanced economy. But this is the real story of EM. Every day, people's purchasing powers get 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 eroded. Every day, people that don't have their money in, in dollars, right? Like they they struggle and ours or they is, don't own hard assets. Ours has been getting eroded, but at a much slower rate than many of these emerging markets. Correct, economies. and that's simply because the U.S. has the you know the nukes and the <laughs> FU factor. That's what you said, right? And we have so, the, like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, it makes a, a huge difference when the entire world wants to be in your capital markets. They want to own your 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 currency. Like it prevents it from selling off on a relative basis. And so, you know, I, I think this is just the reality of like every EM nation. If, if you play it out, if you play out, like pick on any random EM country, if you play out their fiscal situation over the next 10 years, it's not going to look Doesn't great. Doesn't look good. Yeah. If you already have high rates of inflation, like it's going to be tough to change that because the key thing about inflation is, is it's as much to do about actual inflation as 
it has to do with expectations of inflation. If you've been born in a country that's had excessive inflation for 20 years, like You're expect that yeah. every year going forward, and Which that's going to anchor it stickier yeah, and absolutely. harder. Yeah, and so that's why like the U.S. is so like aggressive about stamping out inflation, and that's why they care about market-based inflation expectations, etc., because they're an important determinant into actual inflation. So in 2022, mm -hmm. uh, the central bank of Argentina, Argentina banned banks from offering crypto in any form, um, and then in May 23, the central bank in Argentina banned. Yes payment processors from offering crypto in any form. So you know that there's, but there is a lot of crypto there. So you know yeah. it's all black market basically or, or, you know, off the books and whatnot. And and I wonder, regardless of whatever sort of explicit crypto policy President Millet adopts, um, if he is going to take an ax to big parts of the central bank, such as taking away their power to print money, yeah. which is what dollarization would mean, right? Um, that presumably, formally, though, some of those policies might get rolled back at the central bank as well if, let's say, there is no central bank, which, I mean, I don't know, but he did smash the central bank with Thor's hammer in an advertisement. Yeah, I, I mean, so I, it might I be just, a more, I don't, yeah. I, there's no developed economy that doesn't have a central bank. So it's, does, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a hard premise to begin with. And, and that's why and to your point, very tough to He actually, seriously. I saw that in his acceptance speech, mm. I forget the exact language, but he did. it did seem like he actually kind of walked back some so, of what he's been saying. Yeah. He said something like, you know, we're going to have uh, like strong reforms of the central bank or something like that. In any case, he is a wildly popular, populist, um, extremely pro-capitalist, anti-socialist, self-described yeah. president in a country where a very socialist uh, government has been in charge for decades and has had runaway rampant inflation. So, the, yeah, I mean, but it's like, it's, wait, wait, loose. wait, like, oh, I'm going to solve like, you know, a hundred years of bad economic policy that's compounded itself over time with a currency that's run away, a rate of inflation lift. that's run away. I'm going to do it by cutting social spending programs for a couple years. Like, come on, buddy. It's going to be tough. We'll see. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah. Let, let's go on. Uh, another major story uh, in cryptocurrency markets just happened. We're recording on Tuesday this week. Just happened. Um, Chengpeng Zhao, known as CZ Binance CEO founder, has pled guilty to uh, effectively, well, to criminal charges relating yes. primarily to bank money laundering, act, bank money secrecy, laundering. illicit finance. Yep. Um, and Binance, the, the corporate, has, like international Binance, has agreed to pay $4.3 in fines to, I guess, the DOJ, the CFTC, and the Treasury. But... CZ has apparently flown, uh, apparently to Washington, yeah, flown to Washington State, yes, mm -hmm. to plead guilty, uh -huh. and he will personally pay a fine. Again, I'm recalling what the headlines just were moments ago, so this changes my apologies, but will personally pay a fifty million dollar fine and give up CEO. And he's tweeted that he is stepping down. Richard Tang will take over, who is an executive at Binance. So this is not, by the way, SEC was not related here where they also have a case against Binance US um so this doesn't necessarily resolve everything but this apparently resolves these long rumored and reported on federal criminal investigation into Binance and CZ um I don't, you know what's your reaction well my gut tells me that it's left tail risk that's been eliminated from the market um now i think a lot of this was already expected you know there's been stuff leaking for months now of a purported settlement and so i think you know 
the four billion number might be a, a little bit above or below certain people's expectations, but loosely it was a fully priced event. And, and I mean, you look and at the, the prices are really unchanged. Yeah. I mean, BNB goes up and down a lot. I mean, even this morning, there was the, the, the story that there would be announcement, there would be a press conference by DOJ, CFTC, yeah. Treasury, and we came down a little bit. But then yeah. once it was more, more information came out about what it was, and we basically repriced right back to where, oh, it's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, I mean, I think the most important thing is that these are the kinds of things that needed to happen in order for the U.S. to feel really good about opening up. The, the, the opening up the U.S. capital market to crypto, yeah, um, via the ETF and via other you know, other, other means. Yeah. But in order for, if you asked me six months ago what needed to happen for the government to feel comfortable allowing a Bitcoin ETF, I'd say Binance, right, and possibly you know other things, a, maybe. other other stablecoin related things. I would say possible. potentially. Um, and so I think this is just another hurdle that's that's been removed from the market. It's a left tail scenario that's gotten cut away. And I think that's, again, why you're sitting basically a thousand points from year to date highs in, yeah. in Bitcoin. Like, it's really tough to ignore. Like, this asset class is, is screaming at you that it wants to go higher. Like, I, I get it. You know, I gave the whole spiel about, you know, all these warning signs sure, sure. happening. But taking a step back, like a two, five, ten-year view, like this is just such an own. You yeah. know, the government's telling you we're okay with U.S. capital markets being involved now. We're getting better and, clarity in yes. that regard. Um, I, I did, and it's not point it's becoming out. like less of a political issue as well. It's kind yeah. of my, my sense, right? It's like well, the illicit finance thing has been, uh, you know, of top of mind um, the last few months. Yes. Of course, since the attacks by Hamas on yes. Israel and on ten seven, and then the subsequent reporting about Hamas's use of cryptocurrency, um, that was part of this. Um, this yeah. this settlement, um, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland specifically referenced that they've secured a a monumental fine and a, so there's a disgorgement here or something and there's a, there will be ongoing monitoring again this is criminal settlement so but I, he did say when he started that this the fact that it was treasury DOJ and CFTC all up there together represented their the US government's whole of government approach to this asset class notably absent from that podium was SEC chairman Gary Gensler so and and then the SEC uh, announced just yesterday on Monday a new I'm going to say Coinbase like case against Kraken, correct? Mostly focused again on the National Securities Act and the National Exchange Act. So going after Kraken for uh, allowing the trading of supposedly unregistered securities um, and then itself not registering as an exchange under the Exchange Act, and then so similar case um, and that that case. First of all, these are civil cases, the SEC, right? So these are getting litigated. I think Kraken released a very strong statement saying they're going to fight it. They believe yeah. the SEC is wrong on the substance, wrong on the law, whatever. I think the point, though, is that there are still those regulatory civil cases, both there's Coinbase, there's now Kraken, there's Binance US, right? That's not settled here. Um, but but these are, I think, to your point, like that DOJ story, I mean, I think the journal reported in 22 that they had an investigation into Binance, right? This was sort of a big tail risk. I mean, I, th it felt like for theoretically, although I think the length of time, there were reasons why we didn't think and why the market, I think, is mostly flat on the news. 
it's just, I think, ultimately quite positive that this story ended with a plea deal and a settlement yeah. rather than, like, SWAT teams kicking down a door yeah. or, like, story that CZ is, like, fleeing or yeah, something, exactly. right? That would I have been much really more negative, but, but although also, there are still these other things. The, the other things, right, like, they mentioned DeFi and, like, they mentioned how, uh, you know, any DeFi protocol um, or person, you know, engaging in activity with U.S. folks needed to, like, right. apply those laws. And we've seen all the mandates from Treasury, right. you got, you got the accounting got, standards. Right. You got the broker rule from IRS. Yep. You got the Exchange Act definition from SEC. You got these new FinCEN guidelines. They all point at DeFi and say you need to do BSA compliance. Yeah. Which is the same thing that Binance is getting hit. It's very clear that, like, basically outside the SEC – the main thing the U.S. government cares about is illicit finance control, right? And as they should. Right. Right? Like, that's an appropriate, like, stance to have as a government agency. You want people to respect your sanctions, right? And you don't want terrorism to get financed. Right. Like, those, those, no one and wants you that. should you should have protections against that. Now, like, you know, is there... Like, is there lower hanging fruit that they could be going after? More more effective use of their resources? Certainly, yes. Sometimes, and it, yeah. it does feel that way at times. But at the end of the day, like, one of the main reasons why I love, like, U.S. capital markets is the rule of law is respected. Yeah. For the most part. And we have good property rights. Good, good well. property rights. Right. And, like, I, you know, Kraken, like, they will get their day in court. Right. With, you know, and which uh, that says a lot. And, That's and a, a fair lot, point, actually. A lot you don't just, mm-hmm. it's not like we've seen in like, uh, you know, when like a, what was that story? Um, Star, the, uh, was it OKX guy like years ago? Just like disappeared. Yeah. Right. You're like, what? No. Like, people don't typically just get, to, you get, if it's a criminal case, you'll get your day in court. If it's a civil case. Um, the, the, the but SE, your idea you know, of property rights are really important. Right. right? Like, like I'll give you an example. Like I have a you know a, a person that owns a, a an apartment in a in an EM economy, right? They had it built somewhat recently. They still don't have their deed, right? And if they wanted to go to court for that thing, it'd take them like six plus years to to litigate that. Right. And God knows like what would happen, right? You got places with tons of government, you know, turnover, right? And so having a place with you know such strong rule of law, you know, is ultimately like you know, one of the main reasons why you've got such a strong capital yep, market. Absolutely. So, like, a, a, a sign like this, four agencies getting together right before an ETF potentially gets approved, et cetera. Like, big picture, it, it's a good thing because that will mean that more institutions will get a lot more comfortable because the government will be like, we've cleaned up crypto. Yep. All right, before we wrap, it is, as you listen to this, if you listen as it just came out, it is Thanksgiving morning in the United States. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, Bimnet, what are you? What are your plans for Thanksgiving? Well, I plan to listen to uh, All I Want for Christmas because now it's appropriate to You're listen to. You're a big Christmas it. guy. I love Christmas. Yeah, I love I love Thanksgiving too. I, sure. I, mean, I love you know eating family, all of that. Yeah. But I do love my you know Michael Bublé holiday album. You know, <laughs> All I Want for Christmas. You know, the the jingles and stuff is great. Also, ugly sweaters for those watching on on uh, YouTube. Yeah. On YouTube, I mean, this is I like I that do, sweater. I do like it too. But my joke, my running joke right now is, it's okay to wear ugly sweaters in the holidays. Yeah, it is. It's the mo- most appropriate time. <laughs> uh, and uh, but you know, high level, I'm I'm very thankful for the year we've had in crypto. I'm very thankful for all of the listeners that we have on on Galaxy Brains and and the viewers on on the other platform. Um, and, uh, I'm happy to be in crypto and I, I gotta yeah. tell you, I mean, it didn't feel that way this time last year. No, it didn't. We've come a long way and it, it's important to have perspective. Bimnet Abibi, my friend from Galaxy Trading. Thank you so much. 
That's it for this week's episode of Galaxy Brains. Thanks to our guest, Bim Nadabibi from Galaxy Trending, as always. And, and to our producer, Phineas. This, we love doing this show. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. If you celebrate it, um, we're very thankful for you. And know that, like, there's this common joke about Thanksgiving and, and, and other holidays in December and January. People go home, crypto people, Bitcoin people, they go home. Their parents are either ecstatic. Their parents and family and friends are either ecstatic that they told them about crypto or Bitcoin. If it's last year, they're probably furious. I don't know what it's going to be like this year, but try to explain to them that we've come a long way over the last year. A lot of the industry has matured and there are a lot of reasons to be positive about what's there in the future. Um, you know, but keep it measured because it's still a volatile industry. Look, we'll catch you next week and everyone have a safe and happy holiday weekend. Thanks for listening to Galaxy Brains, the weekly podcast from Galaxy Research. If you enjoy the show, please like, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To follow Galaxy Research, sign up for our weekly newsletter at gdr.email, read our content at galaxy.com research, and follow us on Twitter at glxyresearch. See you next week.